السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ ہاؤ یو آل ڈوئنگ الحمد للہ نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي Lesson number 14 Surah Al-Baqarah verses 83 to 91 So open up your books to page number 14 and we will do the translation first. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهَ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا وَذِي الْقُرْبَى وَالْيَتَامَى وَالْمَسَاكِينَ وَقُولُوا لِلنَّاسِ حُسْنًا وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ إِلَّا قليلا منكم وأنتم معرضون وإذ أخذنا ميثاقكم لا تسبكون دماءكم ولا تخرجون أنفسكم من دياركم ثم أقررتم وأنتم تشهدون ثم أنتم هؤلاء تقتلون أنفسكم وتخرجون فريقا منكم من ديارهم تظاهرون عليهم بالإثم والعدوان وإن يأتوكم أسارا تفادوهم وهو محرم عليكم إخراجهم أفتؤمنون ببعض الكتاب وتكفرون ببعض فما جزاء من يفعل ذلك منكم إلا خزي في الحياة الدنيا ويوم القيامة يردون إلى أشد العذاب وما الله بغافل عما تعملون أولئك الذين اشتروا الحياة الدنيا بالآخرة فلا يخفف عنهم العذاب 
Long lesson. Do you think it was long? How many verses? Eight verses. So eight is not long, is it? The verses are long. Okay. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. In these verses, we will see that the Bani Israel are reminded of some promises that they made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
some covenants that they made with Allah, some commands that they were given, which they promised to observe. But what happened? As time went by, they violated those covenants and they went against those very things that they promised to do. Now, the purpose of these verses is not just to inform us of what the Bani Israel did, that they made their covenants and they broke them. They made their promises with Allah and then they broke them. The purpose is not to tell us about their shortcomings, about their faults. The purpose is that we all need to learn a lesson from their mistake. Because history has many lessons for us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, in Surah Yusuf, that لَقَدْ كَانَ فِي قَصَصِهِمْ عِبْرَةٌ That certainly in their stories, meaning in the stories of the prophets, of the people of the past, there is a lesson. There is a lesson, but for who? لِأُولِي الْأَلْبَابِ For those who are intelligent. So the intelligent people don't just study history and read history just for the purpose of knowledge and information or to laugh over the people of the past. But the intelligent people, they take lessons from history. So here, as we will read these verses, I want everybody to think about who? To think about who? The Bani Israel? Of course we're going to be thinking about them because we're studying about them. But in addition to that, who are we going to focus on? Ourselves. So let's begin. وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا And recall when we took, meaning, O Bani Israel, remember the time when we took مِثَاقَ Bani Israel, the covenant of the children of Israel. Remember when we took the covenant with the Bani Israel. The word مِثَاق, we have done this earlier also, it's from the root وَثَاقَفْ and wasaq means ropes. What do you do with ropes? What do you do with ropes? You tie stuff up, right? And if somebody's tied up with ropes, what does that mean? They're not free. If an animal is tied with a rope, if a dog is on a leash, what does it mean? He's not free to run and go wherever he wants. He's restricted, he's bound. So a misaq is a promise. It is a firm promise that is made. And there's two things over here. Firstly, that it is made firm, how? With oaths. With oaths. With swearing by Allah. You know, for example, if you tell somebody, I'll do this. You give your word. But then you say, Wallahi, I'll do it. Is there a difference? What is your saying, Wallahi, by God, I will do this. What does that do? It makes the promise very firm. Just like you tie a knot, right? You tie something with a rope, it's firm. And secondly, what this implies is that they weren't free to do whatever they wanted. They had to live by that promise that they made with Allah. So وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ And what was this mithaq? What was this covenant? لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That you will not worship except Allah. Meaning you will worship only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now if you think about it, this could also have been given as a command that, O Bani Israel, do not worship anyone but Allah. Why were they made to promise and take an oath that yes, we will not worship anyone but Allah? Why were they made to promise? I mean, as Muslims we say, La ilaha illallah. But when a person becomes a Muslim, he doesn't say, I swear that I shall only worship God. 
What does he say? I declare that there is no God worthy of worship but Allah. But he doesn't say, I swear, I promise that I will do this and this and this and this and I will not do this and this and this and this. Why were the Bani Israel made to take this promise? Can you think of something from their history? What did they do when they were commanded? Would they accept the commands easily? Would they accept the commands easily? No. Musa salam told them, slaughter the cow. What did they do? What did they do? They said, are you kidding? And then they asked question upon question upon question. They were taken to the mountain to witness the conversation. And what happened? They said, we're never going to believe until we see Allah. Allah is the one who saved them. And when Musa salam left, what did they do? They made a golden calf and they worshipped it. So it shows that they were very likely to forget. Right? They were very likely to forget or to oppose the commands, which is why they were made to promise, make an agreement. You know, for example, when you tell somebody, just you know, in casual language, that I'll buy your, let's say, fidget spinner for $5. Right? You're bored of it, you want a new one, so your friend says, I'll buy it $5. And you're like, yes, okay, I've made a sale. Somebody's going to buy it. Right? But then what happens? He never buys it. So you're like, you said you're going to buy it. He's like, well... I change my mind. On the other hand, if there is a written contract where you're signing and they're signing and there are witnesses, when something is formalized, then what happens? Can you say later, oh, I changed my mind. I don't feel like it. Can you do that? No. You're bound. You have to do it. So, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلِ The Bani Israel were made to take this covenant and this had many clauses. The first clause of this covenant was, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ That you will not do ibadah of anyone except Allah. And تَعْبُدُونَ from ibadah عَيْن بَادَال You will only worship Allah. This was the first clause. Why worship Allah? And what does it mean by لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ means two things. Firstly, it means that you must worship Allah. And secondly, it means that when you worship Him, you will worship only Him. No one other than Him. So, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Why? Because it is Allah's right that He must be worshipped. He should be worshipped. And that He alone should be worshipped. Because think about it. Who alone created everything? Who did? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And who alone gave you whatever you have through various means? Allah. So when we are who we are, we have what we have only because of Allah, then what does it mean? My worship should also be only for Allah. Only He is worthy of it. Because you see, worship is not something something casual. What is worship? Worship is complete submission that you declare yourself to be small and humble and in need of the one you are worshipping. And who deserves that you make yourself like that in front of them? Is there any person who deserves that? Any human being? No. Is there any mountain that deserves that? Or any animal that deserves that? No. I mean, what have they done for you? Even if there is a human being that has helped you a lot, that has given you a lot, do they deserve worship? No. Who deserves worship? The one who is perfect in his being, and that is only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no one like Allah. And who deserves worship? The one who has bestowed favors upon you. 
And who is that? Only Allah. So the Bani Israel were made to take this promise that you will not worship anyone except Allah. And we see that every prophet of Allah conveyed this message. You have in your notes in Surah An-Nahl, ayah 36, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةِ الرَّسُولَ In every nation we sent a messenger. And what did he say? أَنِعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاهُودِ That, O oh people, worship Allah and avoid all false gods. Meaning, don't worship anyone but Allah. So is the same rule for us? Yes. Worship only Allah. What does that mean? That your salah, your striving, your good deeds, your forgiving other people, your patience over hardship, your trying hard, all of this should only be for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No one else deserves it. Like for example, fasting. Fasting is an act of worship, right? And in hadith we learned that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Fasting is for me. Meaning it is something that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deserves from us. And really if you think about it, who could we do it for? Would you stay hungry these long hours for anybody? For anybody else? Would you? No, you wouldn't. Even for your own self, would you do that? Like for example, some people think that if they stay hungry, they lose weight. It doesn't work like that. But they think that if they stay hungry, they don't eat anything, they will lose weight. But still, would any person do this? That for 16, 18 hours, they are not eating at all. Not a sip of water. Nothing at all. And for 30 days in a row, who deserves it? Who deserves it from us? Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, لَا تَعْبُدُونَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ This was the first thing that they agreed upon. Secondly, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا This is also something they were made to promise over. And what does this mean? وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ And with both parents, what should you do? إِحْسَانًا Goodness, utmost good, excellent behavior, dutifulness. This is how you should be with the parents. Now look at the word الْوَالِدَيْنِ Al-walidain, what do you think the singular is of this word? Walid, very good. And walid is who? One who walada. What does walada mean? To have a child. Okay, to have a child. So walid, generally the word walid is used for father. But walidain, the two walid, it refers to the father and the mother. And this is referring to one's biological parents. Okay. So with both of them, the mother and the father, what is it that you have to do? Ihsanan. You have to do ihsan. We have done the word muhsinin earlier. Ihsan is from the root hasan, ha, sin, nun. And ihsan is to do anything that is good. Now notice here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, with both the parents, do ihsan. With both parents, do Ihsan. When you think of Ihsan, what comes to your mind? Have you heard of the word Ihsan before? Okay. When you think of Ihsan, what comes to your mind? Okay. Showing favor to someone, meaning even if they were bad to you, what do you do in return? What do you do in return? Bad. Like for example, they yell at you, so you yell at them. Would that be Ihsan? No. 
What would be ihsan? That, that if somebody is yelling at you, how do you respond? Very good that you forgive them. You speak to them in a good manner. Right? So remember that ihsan does not mean justice. Okay? Ihsan does not mean justice. Justice is that if somebody is good to you, you are equally good to them. Ihsan is to do more than just being fair. So for example, if somebody gave you a big gift, what would be fair? That you also give them a big gift. Somebody invites you over. So what do you do? You invite them over also. With the parents, what would be fairness? That they spent on you, you spend on them. They physically took care of you, you physically take care of them. They emotionally helped you, so you emotionally help them also. But Allah is not telling us over here to be just and fair. What is He telling us to do here? Be better. Be better. Now the thing is, can we ever pay back our parents for what they have done to us? Is it possible? No. It's not possible. Because what happens is that children, little children, they're very easy to take care of. And I say easy because children are cute. They're adorable. So even if they're crying and they have a dirty diaper and they have puked on you and things like that, you will still pick them up and you will still show them love. Isn't it? But when an adult, an old person, when they get upset, they start whining and complaining about their food and drink and their bed, and they cannot do their laundry and all of that, that is difficult. Looking after one's children is easy. And looking after one's parents is not easy. It is difficult. It is challenging. So at that time, when a person has to look after his parents or be good to his parents, what does he think? That why do I have to do it? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, be good to them. And you might think that you are doing too much for them. But what does Allah say? Do ihsan. Meaning no matter how much you have done, there is always more that you can do. No matter how good you have been with them, there's still need for improvement. So, وَبِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Now what happens generally is that if a person gets along with their mom, they will be good to their mom, speak to them in a nice way, give them gifts, show them their love, but they don't get along with their dad, so what happens? As soon as the dad comes, quiet. In the room. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Both of them. The father and the mother. بِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا This is the command that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the Bani Israel and also to us. Now, how is it that we can do ihsan with our parents? How? How do you treat your parents in a good way, in a beautiful way? There are four ways. There are many more ways, but they can be categorized into four categories. The first one is that you do ihsan with them in speech. What does that mean? That when you talk to them, talk to them in a good way, in a beautiful way. What does that look like? Can you help me out here? What does that look like? Yes? Okay. Speak in a polite manner. Very good. What else? 
You try your best to not raise your voice. All right? Yes? Don't talk back. Okay. Don't talk back. What else? Say nice, beautiful, good words to them. Like for example, if you're upset with them, don't use harsh language. Don't say things like, Oh, when are you going to get it, mom? Why don't you get it? Why are you being so mean to me? Don't talk to your mom like you would talk to your younger brother. Really annoying younger brother. Your mom is not your younger brother. Even if she has told you something for like the fifth time in a row, she still doesn't deserve to be spoken to in that manner. And speak to them in a good way also includes addressing them in a kind, loving manner. So things like, I love you mom. Or things like, like the sister suggested, sweetheart. So, you know, in your culture, your family, you have your words. In some cultures they have jani and, you know, things like that. Uh, whatever words you have in your language, in your culture, use those words to address them with love. You call your friends habibti. Random friends. Habibti, habibti, over everything. Can we not call our mom that? So, this is all part of speaking to them with ihsan. Now the things you have mentioned are very good. But are they easy? Are they easy? No, they're not easy. Sometimes they're easy, but other times they're not easy. When you have a clear disagreement with your parents, you look at red as red and they look at red as pink. You know, like this is an example I'm giving. You think of things one way and they think of things the exact opposite way or in a very different way. You don't see eye to eye. What do you do then? Or you disagree over everything. You say, let's go here. She says, no, let's go there. You say, I want to wear this. And she says, no, you can't wear that. You say, I want to get my hair all purple. And she says, no, you can't do that. For example, right? You say, I want to go to my friend's place. And she says, no. Or he says, no. Does this happen in your life? Or your mom's always like, yes, sure, honey. On everything. Does that happen? Or do you get into, you know, some kind of tension or disagreement with your parents? Isn't that normal where you have disagreements with your parents? Even if they're not all the time, every day, at least sometimes. But at that time we have to remember, Allah commanded the Bani Israel, He didn't just command them, He made them promise that you will do this. What does that tell us? How important it is to do ihsan with the parents. And I know it's hard. It is hard. But it is not impossible. Really, it's not impossible. Give it a try. Give it a try. And see what happens. It will get easier with time. Anything that you haven't done before, the first few times you do it, it's very difficult. But then, as you keep doing it, again and again and again, it gets easier. So, وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ ihsana. Firstly, through speech. Secondly, through actions. What does that mean? That do those things or those actions, do such actions through which or in which you are treating your parents in a good way. How do you do that? What kind of actions are those? What kind of actions are those? One action, let me help you. One action is that you make dua for them. You make dua for them. Like for example, رَبِّ رَحَمْهُمَا كَمَا رَبَّيَانِي صَغِيرًا You make dua for yourself, 
that may Allah ease your difficulty and help you in your work or in your school. Make dua for your parents also. Does your dad stress out over work? Do you see that? Do you witness that? That he comes home and he's like, you know what, I've had a very bad day. Please don't complain to me. Yeah? Or he's sleep deprived. Or he's very tired. Or you know he is worried because of something that's going on in his life. Maybe he is sick. Or maybe your some relatives or your siblings are really annoying him. So he seems worried and stressed. So then make dua for them. So this is one way of doing ihsan with our actions. Make dua for them. What else can we do for our parents? That is ihsan to the parents. Can you think of an action? Okay. Help them out with their work. Help them out with their work. I remember one sister told me that she made the intention that when she would get her license, her driver's license, she would help her mom with groceries. Alright? This was her intention. That I'm going to drive my mom to the grocery store. I'm going to help her with the groceries. You know, put them in the car, bring them home. This was her intention. And that is what she did. Many times, as far as I know, that's what she told me. And that's what I saw, that she would always take her mom to the grocery store. Alright? So sharing that burden. What else? What other action can we do? You're like, oh, I can't even get my driver's license. And even if I could drive, my dad would never let me. So what do I do? So what can you do? What kind of ihsan can you do? There are things that you can help your parents with at home. Like for example, your mom wants something on her phone. And then she cannot figure it out. So would it be ihsan for you to help her figure it out, how to use something on her phone? Hmm? Or maybe help her transfer her 50,000 photos from her phone to the computer? Yeah? Okay. What else? What other action is included? I want you to think about yourself, your relationship with your parents. And tell me one action that you can do that is really good with your parents. Think. Don't look at me. Think. And then tell me. Go ahead. Maybe like hug them and kiss them because as we get older, we feel like, you know, just keep away while we're like, I don't want to feel weird. Mm-hmm. Hug them. Express love verbally and also physically in the sense that sit next to them, give them a hug. Your mom is standing while she's fasting, making food for you because you like it. So as she's standing in the kitchen for an hour, doing one thing after the other, and you know she was at work all day, and now she's cooking for you, and you know that she's going to go for taraweeh prayers, and then she's also sleep deprived. Can you not go and give her a hug as she's standing? Okay, so basically obey your parents. So like, if they tell you to like, wash the dishes, then like do it, and don't like say no. Okay, that's also a form of ihsan, that obey them. If they tell you to do something, do it. How many of you have this issue, where you feel like your parents want you to obey them right away? Right away. You don't have to raise your hand. Because I think everybody has this issue. That many parents, they have this complaint against their children. She doesn't listen to me. He doesn't listen to me. I have to tell him like ten times... And then he hears me. And I have to threaten her like many times and then finally she'll respond. And then what happens? She calls us once and we're like, uh-huh. And then she'll call again. Like, yeah. And then you see the volume going up and the tone also getting a little bit irritated. And then finally what happens? Okay, fine, I'll do it. You see? Something could be ihsan, but instead of ihsan, what happened? 
the exact opposite of ihsan. So I know it's very difficult that you stop, drop what you're doing and you listen to your parents or you obey them right away. But do it a few times. Do it a few times. And you'll see your parents will also relax. Because you know they want to know that you respect them. That's it. And if you show them that respect even a few times in a day, inshallah, they will calm down. Okay, so obeying them, what else is part of doing those actions which are ihsan with the parents? Yes? Spend time with them. Whether it is making a puzzle with them. You know, sometimes what happens is that parents with time and with their work, they get kind of boring. And as they get kind of boring, they kind of get disconnected from the world. So they don't know what's going on, what are the latest toys, what are the latest games. So you kind of have to force them that, come, let's do this. I really want to do this. You know, whether it is cooking new things in the kitchen or making a 1,000-piece puzzle or something, playing a game of Monopoly or, or something like that, you will actually have fun. You will. So spend time with them. Socialize with them. One last thing. One more. Help them by doing your own work. Yes, help them by doing your own work. Hmm? Sometimes what happens is we change our clothes in the bedroom and we throw the clothes on the floor. On the floor. And then you'll come home and magically everything will be put away. Completely put away. Like you threw your dirty socks under your bed and now you see them clean, folded in your drawer. Wow, how did that happen? How did that happen? Magically? Somebody did it. And until when are we going to depend on our parents to pick up our socks and to put our books away? It's like, you know, little children, they create such a mess as they're playing that they find it too difficult to tidy up. So we're not little kids anymore. Sometimes we can also help prepare meals. We can also put our own dishes away. We can also do our own laundry. We can also iron our uniform, whatever it is. We can also throw the garbage away. So, وَبِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا So this is the second one, that with our actions. The third is with our wealth. Do ihsan to our parents. How? Using our wealth. You might say, oh, I don't have any money. Literally, I have zero dollars right now. I'm just waiting for Eid. Right? You could be in that situation, but wealth does not just mean dollars. Okay? Wealth includes anything that you own. Anything that you own. So, وَبِلْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا also means that you give some of what you have to your parents, whether it is money, or it is your highlighter that your mom really likes, or your bookmark, or maybe you know your dad wants to try your fidget spinner, and you're just, no, no, it's mine, it's mine. Come on, don't be stingy. You know, Let him try, it's okay. He'll give it back to you. He's got lots of work to do. Right? So giving what you have to them, sometimes what happens is that you have a hijab, a new hijab that looks really nice. And your mom's like, I want to wear it too. And you're like, no, no way. And then you hide it. You don't let your mom wear it. Isn't it funny? We take from our parents all the time. But when we have to share something with them, give them something, we become stingy over there. That's my hijab pin. Why are you wearing it? That's my abaya. Don't even think about putting it on. So no, share what you have with them. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Give of your money also. Give of your possessions also, your things. 
Show them that they're more important than your belongings. Can you give me an example? I shared some examples. Now you give me some example of how we can use our wealth to do ihsan to our parents. Shouldn't waste their money. Oh, that's very important. Don't waste their money. Their hard-earned money. Where they are fulfilling your wishes, buying you stuff. And then what do you do? You don't wear it properly. You don't use it properly. And so those $100 shoes are now gone. That $200 jacket is now ripped. And that $60 pant is now ripped. Like what's going on? Go ahead. If you don't have material stuff, you can also use your knowledge as wealth. So sharing with your parents something that you learn that can benefit them in the dunya and the akhirah. Beautiful. And that's the fourth thing that I was going to mention, that you do ihsan to them through your jah. Jah is one's status. So for example, if a person is knowledgeable, they have knowledge. So use that knowledge to help them. Do ihsan with them. Share that knowledge with them. Answer their questions. It's possible that you and your mom are taking the same course together. Is there anybody like this here? MashaAllah, quite a few people. So what happens is that you are doing your lesson very easily, very quickly. Your homework assignment, you did it so quickly. And your mom's like, which question should I do? This one or this one? Quizzes, online quizzes. So she's like, can you help me open this? Can you help me do this? Helping them with that also is a form of ihsan. If a person's a doctor, let's say, Helping their parents over there. So using whatever resources that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you, whether it is your ability to speak, your ability to do something, your money, your belongings, your profession, your abilities, your knowledge, whatever you have, use it to appreciate your parents. Use it to be good to them. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ ihsana. Now the thing is that there are two opposites of ihsan. Okay? There are two opposites of ihsan. You tell me. What is the opposite of ihsan? That instead of treating them good in a good way, you treat them in a bad way. And that's not acceptable. So whether it is by using harsh language, or being physically aggressive, or being stingy with them, being harsh with them, in whatever way, that is not permissible. Because in hadith we learned that the Prophet ﷺ said that indeed Allah has forbidden on you to be undutiful to your mothers. Allah has forbidden you from being undutiful to your mothers. So this is something that is forbidden. Now the other opposite of ihsan is, what do you think? One opposite is, being bad to them. What's the other opposite? That you are neither good nor bad. You understand? What happens is that sometimes people say that, you know what, I'm not on good terms with my mom, so I just don't talk to her. I just don't. Because if I talk to her, I'll argue with her. So I've just come to this realization that it's better for me to never talk to her. Is that ihsan? No. Is that following the command of Allah? No. What is the command? That you have to do ihsan. You must do ihsan. And not doing ihsan, so basically being completely disconnected, this is also not okay. وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ ihsana. In a hadith we learned that once, Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu, he asked the Prophet wasallam that which action is the most beloved to Allah? What is that action that Allah loves? And he said, prayer at its proper time. So then Abdullah bin Umar asked, then what? 
What is next? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Ihsan with the parents. Kindness towards parents. Birrul walidain. This is the next best deed that you can do after worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَبِلْ وَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا In the Qur'an we learn in Surah Al-Isra, Ayah 24, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَاخْفِضْ لَهُمَا جَنَاحَ الذُّلِّ مِنَ الرَّحْمَةِ That lower for them the wing of your mercy. doesn't mean that you have wings. It's an expression which means that be merciful and humble with them. Treat them in a kind way. Always give the benefit of the doubt. You might you know, feel that your mom's like always yelling at you. Whenever she talks to you, she's yelling at you. Try to understand why she's yelling. Is she unwell? Is she really stressed out? Is there something that's bothering her? Is she lonely? What's the matter here? Sometimes you might feel that your dad's like always angry. Why is he always angry? Try to get to the reason. Is he finding things difficult at work? Is he struggling with work? That could be a reason, which is why he's always upset. So, you know, just like your friends need you, friends need each other, siblings need each other, parents and children also need each other. And it's not always the parents who must give to the children. The children also have to give to the parents. And that is how you have a healthy, a good relationship. When both parties are giving. And by giving, I don't just mean dollars. Giving, support, good words, good advice, emotional support, whatever that may be.